0: Are you feeling the force yet? The fifth Star Wars movie will debut here in Hawaii in less than two hours at 12.01 a.m. Here's how it looked across the mainland tonight as the movie opened up in Raleigh, North Carolina. More than 100 people lined up for the opening of Star Wars. As you can see, many of them came very well prepared for the big event. And in Chicago, fans have been in line, some for as many as 10 days, waiting for the film to debut. Charity events were scheduled in several major cities across the U.S., even parts of Canada. I gotta tell you, you are looking at the folks who were first in line. Some of them are here three days ago, and now they've got the prime seat. The prime seat set is for the premiere of Star Wars Episode 2, The Attack of the Clones. Hype! What hype? Needless to say, most of the shows brought to state for the midnight showing of the attack of the clones has been sold out. But what am I worried about, Jody and Dash? I got my two tickets right here. Reporting live from Theater 11 here at Dole Marvin Marvin and Boy News 8. <laughs> what well, do you think, Marv's in, Marv. in, in his element tonight? <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> yeah, even had the Star Wars tie. I don't yeah. know if you caught yes, that. Yeah. Good for him. Hello, Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 309 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. And this is Attack of the Clones, year, month number five. We had to get this one done early because all the stuff, all the madness going on later in May. But it works out perfectly because this episode is coming out on Tuesday, May the 3rd, which is exactly... 20 years after the first day of Celebration 2 Which is what we're talking about here It's like we've been planning this for 20 years <laughs> And, you know, in a weird way, we have <laughs> From a certain point of view And what's crazy to think with May the 3rd, 2002 There was no May the 4th celebration It was, pro- it was like a celebration that happened on May the 4th And nobody cared It's true did it even cross our minds that that was like, which you think it would, that we'd at least like think, oh, that's clever, ha ha. But we didn't. I don't even, yeah, we were too engulfed in the hype for episode two to even realize that May the 4th sounds kind of like May the Force. Yeah, yeah, nobody talked about. It. There were no like sales online, none of that going on. There was no people like we- wear your favorite Star Wars t shirt on that day. No, it was just like we're we're here at Saturday at celebration. It just happens to be May the fourth. Well, and when you're at a Star Wars celebration and every day is Star Wars day, it's hard. You don't you don't even think about numbers and days of the week. It's just every day is Star Wars day, and that's all you need to know. That, seriously, any day at celebration, it's just like. What day of the month is it? I, was, I I don't know. I just know at three thirty I gotta be at such and such panel. That's all I know. That's all I'm keeping track of. I don't know what day it is. I don't know where I live. I don't even really know my name anymore. I just know this guy over there dressed as Katie Mundi, and that's all it's registering me with me right now. Yeah. There's a guy with a bushy mustache. I think he's supposed to be Biggs, but he's eating a subway sandwich next to the bathroom. So yeah, it's so long ago. There was there was no May the fourth. There's barely anything online about celebration 2 there's a handful of grainy pixelated videos on youtube it's crazy looking back like cosplay was barely a thing if you saw like a person in like a rebel pilot uniform or like a or even a stormtrooper you're like oh my god well yeah cuz it was like anyone that was dressed up went to the costume contest and there were a lot of people but relative to all the other people there It really wasn't a lot. If you see them all, you know, you see a picture from the costume contest and it's like, oh, there were quite a few people there. But yeah, that was everybody. But yeah, as far as celebrations in the U.S., Celebration 2 just does not get the love it deserves. I mean, Celebration 1 was the first one and there was the famous rain. We didn't go. Celebration 3 had Lucas. 4 was in L.A. and the Clone Wars kicked off. And then it was the long run in Orlando and then in Anaheim in 2015 all the way up to now. But you just don't hear people talking about two enough. But two as far as this show is so crucially important. And that's kind of like what we're really talking about in this episode, this 20th anniversary of Celebration 2, the hype for Attack of the Clones is just it was a game changer moment for us, really. Yeah, because I think if we talk about you know us being roommates in Grand Rapids kind of starting this horrible thing <laughs> and then the special editions kind of fueling the fire of ridiculousness and then going into the prequels coming out and just all the madness around Phantom Menace the build up to attack of the clones coming out of Phantom Menace and kind of knowing what we were in for with this prequel trilogy and getting the opportunity to hang out for a weekend just surrounded by other Star Wars maniacs kind of what is it what do they call it when you're like making making steel where it's like tempered or whatever like you know you hit it and you hit it with a hammer and put it in some water or whatever and it, it makes it stronger it was like that's what that's what celebration two was to what is ultimately became blast points well and on that note let's give a little update to celebration 2022 news What's up? So, somehow last week, the name Blast Points Podcast and just our first names were on StarWars.com, which I love because it's like we're like Cher and Beyonce. Just like you can't know too much about us. Mysteries. We're all about the mysteries, <laughs> secrets. Luke Scream. Thanks, 3PO. Thanks, 3PO. Mysteries. And like, are Jason and Gabe even our real names? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. People can wonder that. Yeah, I wonder that sometimes. I'm wondering it right now. Definitely at the end of May, I'm really going to be wondering that. I'm, again, I'm, a, I'm not going to know who I am or what's going on. But, okay, so here's the deal. So when it came out online and we posted it all over social media and stuff, it said like that the panel that we're doing, the creatures of Return of the Jedi with the amazing Tom Spina and the amazing Kirk Thatcher, it said it was 3.30 to 4.30. It's at 2.00. It's 2.00 p.m., 2.00 to 3.00. On Sunday in the Twin Sons room. Yeah, it's still happening. It's just at a different time, which may actually be the original time that it has always been at, but it's still at two to three. It's two to three, the Twin Sons room on Sunday. Be there, be square, be ready for it. Are we ready for it? Will we ever be ready for it? Can you ever really be ready for it? It's gonna be like in Total Recall when the guy comes and tells him to like wake up and offers him the pill. And Arnold Schwarzenegger sees a little bead of sweat going down the guy's face. This, if you watch really close to to us on stage on Sunday, you might see that little bead of sweat coming out of our heads. I I think there'll be more than one bead of sweat. I I might have to wear two shirts on my face. <laughs> I might just wear no shirt. I might come they might introduce us and be like, oh, and here's the guys from Blast Points. And one of them has no shirt on, and that's weird. And he's being immediately kicked out of Star Wars celebration. But it's it's the end of the day on Sunday, so maybe it'll be okay. Yeah, might all be worth it. Creatures of Return of the Jedi. Tom Spina, Kirk Thatcher, Us, Two o'clock Sunday, Twin Suns Room. Here I go. Okay, so why doesn't Celebration 2 get talked about enough? I mean, maybe because it's 20 years ago, maybe because of the state the internet was in, that if you wanted to take photos at it, you had to have like probably a disposable little Kodak camera that you had to get developed, and people would have to now physically scan those and put them online if you wanted to have photos from it. But also, it's interesting looking back at Celebration 2 and just kind of the general state of Star Wars fandom at that time, because we're post Phantom Menace. And that post Phantom Menace era, for you and I, it was not what it was seemingly for most people, like on message boards and stuff. Because I know we've talked about it before, but like my time post Phantom Menace, like my fandom went to the next level. Where I was like, I am 1,000% going to... I'm dedicated to this thing. Phantom Menace turned me out. And there was the false perception that everyone hated that movie, The Phantom Menace. And that it divided fandom. I don't know, were we even thinking of those things? Going into Celebration 2 and like going to our first ever strictly Star Wars convention? I mean, I think we were a little unsure and nervous of what it would be like because there was still it it appeared like there was a, a division between like you know original trilogy fans and then you know there were some weirdos who liked the prequels but I feel like that was one of the things once we got there that we realized that everybody that's here just loves Star Wars all of it and we're not like the only you know what was there four of us five six of us in the group that went like we weren't the only people that we knew that were that crazy. Like, here was a, a convention center full of them. And it wasn't like a normal, you know, if you went to a, a, a Comic-Con or some other thing where there was like a mix of, you know, some people are into this, some people are into that. Like, this was a whole place and everyone just cared about Star Wars stuff. And I think that was kind of unexpected, but ultimately really awesome. And I think that's still kind of the wonderful things about celebration that it's something you have to go to a celebration to actually experience that no matter what's happening on like the internet. And back then in 2002, it was like message boards and now it's like social media and stuff. That stuff doesn't really exist at celebration. Like maybe it does in like little pockets, but like the joy and the positivity is so loud that it drowns out any of that stuff, you know, and I think, yeah, like you said, that was like the first time we ever kind of got a taste of that straight Star Wars. Jacking right into our veins. Yeah, drinking it right out of the tap. <laughs> yeah, because it was, it was just everybody there was having a good time. Everyone was excited. Everyone was there to talk about Star Wars, look at Star Wars, listen to Star Wars, look at people dressed as Star Wars, think about Star Wars for an entire weekend and it was our first introduction, too, to that. Yeah, that wider world of fandom, too. That very diverse, the real world of Star Wars fandom, where it was people of all ages and all genders and all types of people. And it was, like, such a good, cool feeling to see that in action. I remember at Celebration 2, I remember we were waiting to get the George Lucas exclusive figure. Remember that? I don't even... I don't yeah. even want to talk about how long we waited, but we waited a long time because it was, it was like the first time it was ever a George Lucas figure. We are like, we got to get it. And there was like four older women, remember that, all wearing yeah. like Phantom Menace robes, like Jedi robes. And you got to think like those kind of Jedi robes didn't exist before the Phantom Menace. And I remember you leaned over to me and said, I thought everybody hated that movie. And I still remember that like it was yesterday because it's such a cool thing like on so many levels where i was just like oh yeah like you were saying we're not crazy for obsessing over phantom menace there's literally thousands and thousands millions probably more out there that weren't at the convention who loved that movie and it's not like they said it's not it's like oh it's just for little kids or something no it's like these women are like triple our age yeah well and it was the uh that's a good point too to bring up that because this was the First, you know, official Star Wars convention after Phantom Menace, there were so many people as like their own made up Jedis, you know, and just Jedi robes are generic things that you kind of wouldn't get before because people would want to be Luke or they would want to be Obi-Wan. And now it was like, well, there's a whole Jedi council and there's just all these crazy alien Jedis in the in the galaxy. And, and people are now just like, well, I'm just I have a mask and I have a robe and I'm just some, you know, I'm my own alien jedi thing and they were all over the place and it was great going back and looking at some of the the grainy pixely videos like i was saying now like it's crazy how small celebration 2 kind of looks and going back trying to remember 20 years ago it's like oh yeah it, it comparatively it was kind of small but like to us it felt huge we had been to, like, the Motor City Comic Con in Detroit, and we'd been to, like, some smaller conventions that were, like, in, like, hotels and stuff. But going into Celebration 2, I got a a buzz that, like, an electric feeling that I feel like I still get only at Star Wars celebrations. Well, I think part of it is the is the fact that it is, it's all Star Wars stuff. Like, you go to a normal comic convention or or something and you're kind of like you know there's some cool stuff here but you're you're kind of scoping out the star wars tables and you're gonna go okay well, let's see what star wars stuff they got and then we get to star wars celebration and we walk on the exhibition floor and it's like oh cool there's there's a star wars table and then you turn your head and like oh there's another star wars table and then you turn your head and, wait a second every one of these tables is either you know star wars action figures star wars masks star wars books like it was it was it was intoxicating. <laughs> It really was. It really, really was. And I feel like we're still intoxicated by Star Wars Celebration. What started there in 2002, it's a fascinating little piece of Star Wars history that doesn't get talked about enough. But also, yeah, for like we were saying, for us, it's such a vital piece of history because now it's kind of crazy that like 20 years after our first Star Wars Celebration that we're going to be on a panel. It's so surreal and it's so like cool kind of like thinking about that and talking about it of like, and it's still like, it's still just us. Like we were still walking around Indianapolis in May of 2002. And that's the crazy thing. And now we've been doing this podcast for like six years and now we're going to do this thing in Anaheim, which we're so honored to be doing. And it's just like, I don't know, celebration just means so much to us. It's it's more than just a Star Wars convention. It's more than just panels. It's, you know, it's part of the DNA of this show. and It's part of the DNA of, like, our fandoms. I I, I talk about Celebration, like, a lot. And I know it, like, irritates people sometimes. <laughs> where, like, I'm kind of obsessed with it. But I think that's why. Because it's so, like, just part of just the Star Wars thing for me. I think it's because it it's kind of, like, obviously... If you're really into these movies, like some people are, who may be, some of we may be some of them. The just the idea of it's kind of like with Disney making a Star Wars world. Like there's something about just being all in on this thing that you that you love so much and enjoy so much. You know, it's Star Wars celebration is a similar thing. Like it's not a recreation of a planet in Star Wars, but it's literally like nothing but star wars for days on end like is there anything more exciting <laughs> than that for someone who's just kind of a big fan of something and it, and it's such like a basic thing too that you're surrounded by other people that are just as passionate as you are and there's something so kind of comforting about that yeah i just like that every single star wars celebration that i've been to it's basically been just you and i going off on our own <laughs> right cuz our taste <laughs> our weird taste and what we like in star wars is pretty similar Ex- extremely similar it means a lot and it all started here with celebration 2 and the hype the build up to attack of the clones adventures of the modern era. <laughs> to work on a film that has the scope of, of the Star Wars you know, saga, it's kind of like a dream come true for an actor, because you're doing something that you know is going to last forever. What more can an actor want in terms of being in a story which is immortalized in the eyes of millions of people? It's very rewarding, very enthralling, and it's magic. I think people like seeing, you know, themselves in a fantastical world. It's really like a, a fun trip for the imagination. It's just uh, the story of, of people wanting to break free from their surroundings and and reach new ground. The struggle from, you know, the good side and and, and the dark side. And something that we we all deal with that, which I guess is a, a theme in all of the Star Wars movies. Let's talk about our Celebration 2 experience. What we did, what we remember what we did, what we didn't do. It's a lot for both. We were talking before we started recording. Memories are real foggy. Yeah, it's foggy. There's uh, images, feelings, little bits that we remember. Between the two of us, I think we can piece it together. We have some old photos that we looked at to to refresh our memory. <laughs> so, somebody's going to ask us on a little... Bridge on Endor What do you remember of Celebration 2? The real Celebration 2 Images, really It was very beautiful, <laughs> but sad <laughs> Which is kind of true As we get into this And we talk about the things we didn't do At Celebration It is beautiful, but sad This may actually, I was thinking about this May be the, the saddest Blast Points episode ever I Maybe mean, You know, it's, it, it's a cautionary tale <laughs> don't listen there's there's a celebration coming up in a, in a few in a matter of weeks i don't know if you people have heard don't do what we did in 2002 because 20 years later you'll still be talking about it and you'll regret it failure is a great teacher so i remember our friend kyle moore who will be with us in anaheim who's been a celebration trooper with us since the very beginning kyle moore we drove from michigan to chicago and i we picked you up first and then we picked up our friend colin nooner yes because colin and i both lived in chicago about like five minutes from each other we were just down the street from each other or maybe you both were at like colin's apartment or something i again it's foggy Mm, i think you guys came to my apartment just to come to my apartment okay to see the sights, and then I think we, we went down the street and got Colin. That was kind of interesting because we knew Colin from college, and I don't even know if I realized Colin lived down the street from me until we picked him up for Celebration. And what's crazy, too, is, like, how were we talking to Colin? Because there was no text messages. There was no social media. How did we know that he was going to Celebration and we all were going to go together? I've, like, how did that work? I guess Email? maybe in the olden days before social media it was just email threads right so there was probably a star wars email thread we had that he was on or something so then this friday that we all were going it was the day that the original spider-man came out the toby Maguire, sam raimi spider-man and we were like we're gonna find a theater Between Chicago and Indianapolis to go see Spider Man. And we were stopping in every weird little town in the world. Again, no Google Maps or anything. Just driving through weird towns. Maybe like this town, maybe this town has a movie theater. This town looks big enough to have a movie theater. Let's just stop and check. (laughs) And we would find theaters that were playing Spider Man. And it was sold out everywhere we went. Well, and we should have known better even before that because. This Friday that we were driving, celebration had already started. Things were happening the the wheels were turning, events were going on, and we didn't know we didn't know any better we didn't know we were missing things we didn't think anything of it It was like, oh it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. will this show up on Saturday? No big deal. well, we were used to comic book conventions where that's totally acceptable. What are you going to miss? <laughs> right. Yeah, just some people wandering around and stuff like. You know, it's fine. It'll be the same thing when I get there on Saturday. We thought we knew what we were doing. I feel like we eventually we stopped and ate somewhere. I remember stopping and eating because we were we, we were like so frustrated from not finding a theater that we just. All right, let's just eat while we're here. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I just remember getting to I remember we got to the hotel very, very, very late And someone got on the phone and started calling movie theaters in the area. And we found one theater that had four seats, like the exact amount of people we had available for Spider-Man. And we were like, we'll be there. And we drove. I remember we got in Kyle's car and we drove there like 100 miles an hour. And we were like screaming on the way to the theater. No, because I think you're right. We got into the hotel room, immediately called theaters, immediately... Found out we had to hurry because the showing was in like twenty minutes or whatever, and we immediately got back in the car and went to go see Spider Man. And it was worth it. We were having a good time. We didn't know what we were missing. We didn't know what we were in for the next day. So we were, you know, after a long, frustrating day of, of driving and trying to find Spider Man, we saw Spider Man, we had a good time. We were we were uh we were living it up. Well, we're going to Star Wars celebration the next morning. Attack of the clones. We'll see what happens. Who knows? We had other people in our group too, and I don't remember how they were coming and going because we had your friend Tim, we had our friend Chris and his, I think his girlfriend at the time Teresa. Now they're married. How did all that work out? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how they got there. Did Tim did Did Tim ride with us? He might have. I think Tim rode with us because Tim was living in the suburbs of Chicago then, so Tim might have been at my house with me. This is, this is fascinating stuff for people listening i'm sure but it's just like you were there we were just as confused 20 years ago so then we get to star wars celebration on saturday morning i remember we got up very early and do you remember the line because i remember we walked up and we were like oh my goodness yeah we weren't ready for the line again we thought well this is like comic con you show up you walk in you wander around we had no idea yeah, it was our first introduction to the Celebration line, and it was huge. And th- this is the crazy thing. So I still have my program, the actual program from Celebration 2 from 20 years ago. It's, it's kind of awesome, and it's also kind of sad that I still have it. But if you cross-check the program, you can start to map out what we did on Saturday. Because we, at 11.45 a.m., went to the panel with Tem, Hayden Christensen, and Daniel Logan, hosted by Anthony Daniels. Incredible. Yeah, that was the beginning, probably, of our love affair with, with Tem, seeing the real Tamar Morrison, even before we saw Attack of the Clones, probably hamming it up on stage. Only a little bit, though. He probably held back because no one knew who Django Fett was yet, so he had to seem a little bit cooler And he was probably wearing some flashy clothes and, yeah, probably telling crazy jokes. And then do you remember Hayden Christensen coming out and people were losing their minds, even back then in 2002? And he, yeah, and he didn't seem like he knew what to expect either. Because Celebration was his first any sort of fan convention type thing. Anthony Daniels was running around the crowd in his gold jacket. I remember even that was like Anthony Daniels was like... Eight feet away from us, going up and down the stairs, asking, getting questions from the crowd. And I remember being like, oh my God, that's Anthony Daniels, SC3PO, right there. Nowadays, it's like, oh, there's, there's Anthony Daniels again. What do you want? $100 cash? <laughs> cash only? Oh, there he is again. Are coins okay? I've seen Anthony Daniels more times than I've seen members of my actual family. <laughs> I think after that, we probably just wandered around the dealer's room and were losing our minds and like taking pictures next to gonk droids and freaking out. and But then we, we talked about it in the show a lot, but at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, May the 4th, I think it's safe to say that our lives changed forever. Yeah, because we had already been changed forever just by being here, and we kind of didn't realize that there was anything to kick it into the next dimension but yeah you're right 2 30 p.m we go we sit down and what a white printout piece of paper taped to the door said rick mccollum spectacular which afterwards as i've said many times i took it off the wall and i i'm looking at it right now it's in the room where i do the podcast i'm staring at it right now Uh (laughs) <laughs> it you know we we're like it's Rick McCallum we love Rick McCallum he's you know he's he's the man the, the 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 episode one the bonus features everything you know the Star Wars Insider we you know go back listen to our Rick McCallum episode you know you know how we feel about Rick McCallum but we th- this was the moment like we talked about in the beginning of the episode how much Celebration Two means to us as fans uh, for the podcast this was the defining moment really yeah this is the moment on may the 4th when everything changed because rick mccallum he's up there he's talking about digital technology how episode two filmed digitally it's going to be projected digitally you've never seen anything look as incredible as this and we were just like yes i believe you and we're here with you rick and he was telling us you must go and find a, a digital showing of attack of the clones because it's the future and we were like yes we are with you rick McCallum. And then at the end of the panel, everything changed. There were the people we were when we walked into the panel. And really, literally, there's the people we were when we walked out of that panel. Yeah, it may have been like radiation coming off of the giant digital projector we were sitting next to. But whatever it was, altered our DNA. He asked the crowd if anyone has seen spider-man yet and some people uh, some people like why are we talking about spider-man we only want to hear about attack of the clones and he showed us in this tiny little room what they showed to people in a giant room on friday morning when we were still driving across the midwest where you thought it was like a spider-man trailer and it actually was then the yoda dooku fight and we've said it many times and we'll keep saying it because it's worth saying it again the crowd erupted everyone was standing up on their feet the The level of screams was deafening. As people know out there, you took off your shoe. Yes. It had to be done. I don't know why, but it did. You had your shoe in the air, and you were shaking it above your head, and you were to my left. And I remember looking over at you, and I was just screaming at the top of my lungs, and you shaking your shoe in the air made total sense. (laughs) <laughs> and then Rick McHelm is on stage screaming at us. It's like pro wrestling. It's like Attack of the Clouds. It's gonna be the greatest thing you've ever seen. You're gonna love it. You're gonna see it a hundred times. And we're like, Yes, we are. And then we then the doors opened up. We had to walk back out into Celebration 2. Yeah, like I said, we were we were different people at that point. That was the birth of everything. It was like the the blast points womb. We were in there just dating. We went in as just a single-celled egg, and we came out a fully formed creature. We went in there with last names. That's why on StarWars.com, we don't have last names. Our last names are under the chairs in that room in Indianapolis. With, part, with our old lives, they're gone. You're, you're not that person anymore. You're going to dedicate the rest of your life to the Star Wars. Well, the thing with that room, too, though, to think about is like you think about at, uh, you know, like celebration in 2015 with the Chew Your Home trailer. And we're in like this ginormous arena full of thousands of people, you know, screaming. And it's like, that's amazing. But this was like hundreds of people in this. It was a tiny room. So it was it really was like you're at like a small wrestling show. And yeah, Rick McCollum is there in your face telling you you're going to love this movie and then showing you why you're going to love this movie. And at the time we had never seen anything projected digitally before and not so huge. And like, cause it was like a theater projector in this kind of tiny room. And we, it's the thing to keep in mind too. We did not know that Yoda was going to fight Christopher Lee with a lightsaber. You, you did not know that that was going to happen. We'd only seen like glimpses of digital Yoda in trailers and to see this footage the fact that they were showing it to us like three four weeks in advance was mind warping we didn't know what was going on well and don't forget before even the yoda thing it was a good six seven minutes of just footage from the movie they showed with just john williams music playing and just like I can't remember if it was from the the Attack of the Clones score or just, you know, assorted Star Wars stuff. But it was like we saw the beginning scene of the Queen's ship flying into Coruscant through the clouds. It was like a bunch of the like very, very ILM shots. So we were already like in a daze (laughs) from seeing this stuff before he whipped out the Yoda. And I think I remember that same day we went into the prop and costume room, which as soon as you walked into that room, they had the full size Django Fett costume on display. And we're like, oh my, what is going on? Well, and there was a full size Jedi Starfighter in the hallway. Oh, just randomly placed in the hallway. Just <laughs> just sitting there, like across from like a food stand. We were like, "Is this?" I remember being like, "Is this fan made?" And there was someone like from Lucasfilm standing around there, like, "No, that's the actual filming prop." And we were like, "You're kidding!" Well, then, what did we do at night on Saturday? I have no memory of that whatsoever. We probably ate food somewhere. I don't. I think part of the part of the confusion is is Celebration two and three being in the same place, back to back. When I remember too, there was so much incredible cosplay. We saw the incredible Mall Stanley. It was Paul Stanley with Darth Maul makeup. And we I, I remember just, just our minds shattered. Another piece of the Blast Points puzzle falling into place was the discovery of Maul Stanley. He, he was like walking around doing like Paul Stanley voice. We were like, is this real? What? I remember we had to stand there with like our mouths hanging wide open. Yeah. So I think he was interviewing people. So it was, yeah, it was Maul Stanley just interviewing people. What? What is this? Who is this? Is, is this what celebration, is this what happens at these things? <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a Django Fett all over the place too. There was like a Django Fett that later, what you saw at the Chicago premiere of Attack of the Clones. Yeah. There was a incredible Django Fett costume and the, the guy in the costume looked like a young Tumor Morrison. So he looked good with and without the helmet. And it, it was like, it looked like it was metal I remember that being one of the, the best-looking costumes at the show. So then, yeah, a few weeks later at the premiere, seeing him just standing next to the line outside Chicago was like, wait, this is insane. I just saw this guy like three weeks ago. It's kind of like I, there's a picture of me with a guy dressed as Qui-Gon that's not doesn't really look like Qui-Gon. He's like heavy metal Qui-Gon or something. And I have my homemade, my homemade T-shirt that says Qui-Gon is fresh. And later that guy was on the Triumph. The insult comic dog on Conan O'Brien he in the line in New York City. Everybody who was anybody in 2002 was at Star Wars Celebration in Indianapolis. Well, and I remember very clearly seeing a really cool homemade Plo Remember that? And we were like, oh, my God, there's somebody as Plo And it's like thinking back, was that Dave Filoni? It probably was. Because remember that we were just like, oh, my God, it's Plo Koon. And he was just like walking around with like a bunch of other Jedi. And we were like, wow, that looks like a homemade mask. And we can't forget probably the craziest thing on Saturday was that was the Carrie Fisher autograph day. And I want to say other than maybe like a Disney park thing, that might have been the first time she ever did Star Wars autographs. I remember like we walked in and we saw all these people, I think like sitting next to the wall or, and it was like, what are all these people waiting in line for? And it was for the Carrie Fisher thing. And the line was like all the way through inside the convention center. And I believe it went outside and like around the block. It was insane. And I think if we had any sort of inkling to, to get an autograph that kind of, that kind of killed it right there. (laughs) Was just seeing the insanity of the line. Well and then we jump to Sunday and like complete fools we didn't go to any panels when you go through the program. But you know, I say that but also you can do celebration and not do panels. It's the awesome thing about something as big and crazy as celebration, like if it's whatever kind of Star Wars convention, you want a Star Wars convention to be, really, there's enough different kinds of panels for different kinds of fans. And lots of people don't do panels at all. I mean, we just wandered around. That's what we wanted to do. Do we have regrets now, 20 years later? Maybe, but we didn't regret it at the time. Well, and that's one of those things I think you got to give credit to uh, Steve Sansweet and and the crew putting these celebrations together. Because that was one thing he talked about when we were asking him about the original celebration was just how they wanted to make sure that there was all these different... Tracks of things going on at the same time for people who had different interests. So there's always something for you to do throughout the whole day, even if you're not into panels or you're not into spending money or whatever. There is, And they've kind of kept that idea all the way up, you know, to, to the celebration coming next month of, the, yeah, there's something to do all day, no matter what you're into. Yeah, Steve Sansweet, Mary Franklin, Dan Madsen, the architects of the Star Wars Celebration experience they unsung heroes all of them but let's get into some of the amazing panels that were at Celebration 2 that we did not go to things we missed out on let's talk about Friday what did we miss on Friday? first thing on Friday there was Rick McCollum with Hayden Christensen now we did see Hayden Christensen and we did see Rick McCollum separately but Seeing them together probably would have been magical. Right after that, 2.15 to 3.30, from concept to costume with Ian McKegg, Trisha Bigger, and Dermot Power. Can you imagine? I know. How did we miss that? I know. What's, we were driving. We were somewhere. We were trying to find a theater playing Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, I guess in our defense, I don't think we had the program till we got there. So really, Friday, we're kind of off the hook on this. But yeah, there was... Another, you know, the Boba Fetts with and Django with Tamora with and Daniel Logan, but this time with Joel Edgerton. Nick Gillard and Hayden Christensen probably talking about lightsaber fighting. There was Women Who Kick with all the actresses who played all the Jedis in Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. There was the Empire Strikes Back actors. It's only the best ones. And it, Julian Glover was there. So all the Veers fans were like, yeah, there was Veers action. And Kenneth Collie. Michael Sheard, all, everyone's favorites. At 3.30, there was something just called Visual Magic with John Knoll. Come on. That breaks my heart. And this is like babyface John Knoll. I want to hope it was just John Knoll John doing a magic show. <laughs> Sleight of hand. He came out in like a top hat. He's pulling like flowers out of a cane. Like, oh, oh, you ever seen this before? <sighs> he pulled a chrome ball out of some lady's ear. One of the big challenges on this show is the work is very ambitious. Yeah, uh, the yeah, then right after that, once you're recovering from the John Noel magic show, there's Billy D. Williams featuring the Lando Lobot reunion with Billy D. and John Hollis. Just imagine that. Like, what are you going to do after that? I got to go see the Lando Lobot reunion. Well, and then in the smaller rooms throughout the day, The amazing Dr. David West Reynolds did his Archaeology of Star Wars talk. We know. We know what that guy's up to. It's insanity. It's the best stuff you'll ever hear. There was Design of the Clones with Eric Tiemens and a special guest who I still don't even know who the special guest was. No, we might might never know. In the Dagobah room at 6 to 7, there was Joel and Nash Edgerton talking about filmmaking. That's crazy. Yeah. Just the Edgerton brothers. Nash probably, maybe Nash had the, had a fake beard glued on so he couldn't move his face during the whole talk. That was kind of Friday. Let's talk about Saturday. When we we were there, we were walking around the floor. So we don't have the excuse that we were trying to find a theater that was playing Spider-Man. What did we miss on Saturday? Well, first thing, and maybe we were in line for this, but. The first thing was Lauren Peterson, John Knoll, and Rick McCallum. Right? What were we doing? Or we were in line for Tamora, Daniel Logan, and Hayden. This is an interesting question, though. Right now, 2022, Gabe, do you go see Lauren Peterson, John Knoll, and Rick McCallum, or do you go see Tem, Daniel Logan, and Hayden? In 2002, I go see Tem, Daniel, and Hayden. In 2022, yes, I agree with you. It'd be Lauren Peterson, John Noel, and Rick McCallum. Here's one of the worst, and there's a lot of shame in these that we missed, but 315, Ben Burt talking about R2D2, and Hayden Christensen was with Ben Burt. Yeah. And Don Bees, just, just rounding the whole thing out. It's like a Sky Talker's dinner. Like who's gonna be at your dinner? Well, I'm gonna have Ben Burt, R2 D2, Don Bees, and Hayden Christensen. But <laughs> it was real. They were on stage. What were they talking about? What was the conversation between Ben Burt and Hayden Christensen. What was that like? <sighs> we'll never know. At 10 o'clock was one called Two in Tatooine with Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace. Owen and Baru, Attack of the Clone style. What was wrong with us? Why, did we, why weren't we there? What were we doing? <laughs> what's, what's the matter with us? I mean, later in the day, there was literally just an hour with Warwick Davis. I'm sure it was amazing. At 11.30, there was Getting the Story Straight, Continuity in the Galaxy Far, Far Away, with Pablo Hidalgo and people from Del Rey Books. James Lucchino was there, Bob Salvatore, Troy Denning. Just talking about the old EU and Pablo in there. How fascinating would that be to hear that now? And then right afterwards... Nash Edgerton just talking about stunts without even his brother there. Literally just him talking about stunts for an hour. The st- it's, and it just says stunts. Nash Edgerton stunt double for Ewan McGregor. Just hear hear about the, the Obi-Wan stunts. And then this next one. Deep, deep regret. Someday I will be laying in my deathbed waiting to die. And I will be thinking about why didn't I go to this panel in 2002? The Story Crafter. Attack of the Clones co-screenwriter, Jonathan Hales. One of the most mysterious people in the history of Star Wars. What was talked about? Did he do a Q&A? Like, what, what were the topics? And then right after that, more visual magic with John Noll. More John Noel magic show. Oh, and then right after that, digital storyboards the Art of Animatics, which basically ended up being a special feature on the Attack of the Clones DVD You know, they were probably showing animatics for stuff. Yeah, I saw somebody who was in that panel talking about it. And they said they showed the trailer and they showed all the animatics of the scenes from the trailer. Oh, man. Yeah. Why didn't we go to six from 7 p.m.? Ed Sanchez and Greg Hale talking about the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) Why didn't we go to that? Just for something different, just like a little. I want at celebration Anaheim twenty twenty two just a Blair Witch project panel. Just right. like, hey, let's mix it up a little bit. Bring, bring yeah. Where is the twentieth twenty anniversary Blair Witch panel? Let's just talk about Blair Witch. Let's cleanse the palate a little bit and just talk about Blair Witch. But earlier in the day of that room, Kevin Rubio was talking about troops. Oh, so yeah, there was. It wasn't like there was one panel that we should have went to on that Saturday and we missed. It was, like, all of them. There was so much good stuff. And it's cool seeing, like, the collector's stage that Gus Lopez was large and in charge back in 2002, and Gus Lopez is still all over every collector stage in 2022 that Gus Lopez has never slowed down. Okay, so let's go to Sunday. Let's talk about Sunday. Another one where what, what were we thinking? What was going through our heads? Because... If we couldn't have seen Lauren Peterson earlier in the weekend, he was there with R2D2 and Don Bees again and Carrie Fisher. Just What a th- crazy combo of people Lauren Peterson, Don Bees, R2D2, and Carrie Fisher. Like what? When be- even before that was Nick Gillard, Ben Burt, and Daniel Logan. Like Daniel Logan was like what, 12 years old or something? Just, yeah, the most random. It's like they had everybody's name in a in a hat in the back, and people were they were just every day just pull the pull the names out of the hat and we'll put them in we'll put them in a panel together. Here's one. You're you're really gonna get mad here. Ten o'clock mass makeup and headgear with Jerome Saint John Blake, Paul Blake, Silas Carson, Michael Carter, Mike Edmonds, Mike Edmonds. Like that. Oh, that was forwards, backwards That was like that, or battles in pool battles in Rusty Goff John Hollis and Alan Rusko Right now, if that panel existed in Anaheim we'd be like, oh you know we're going to be there If this panel happened over a weekend in Indianapolis, we would just drive to Indianapolis just for the hour <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were in the room we were in the building, and we didn't go 1 to 2 o'clock, The Art of Attack of the Clones with Dan Gregory, Ian McKaig, Dermot Power, and Eric Tiemans. Man! 10 o'clock in the Naboo room. What is this? Star Wars and the Amazing Race. What is that? The Amazing Race, the TV show? I guess, yeah. They can't can't do Blair Witch every day. (laughs) Another chance to see Jonathan Hales at 1 o'clock. 2.30 to 3.00. The Tales of Star Wars Tales Comics. I, that, with Jan Dursma and Randy Stradley, that really stings. That makes no sense. I have the, I still have the... Pro- it's not like I can say I didn't have the program. Because I still have it. It's in great condition. If we were like, oh my god, the whole panel talking about Star Wars Tales comics. We gotta go. If you haven't noticed by now, maybe a lot of the reason Blast Points exists is us trying to make up for... Our failure at Celebration 2. The Dagobah Room at 11 o'clock. Ben Burt talks about filmmaking. We're just trying to fill the void in our lives. We're doing whatever we can to yeah, fill the holes that were left by not going to these panels 20 years ago, basically. So, yeah, if panels are your thing, if you're interested in panels at Anaheim, just in a matter of weeks, like we said, go. Don't be like us and be talking about it 20 years later with regrets in your life. Have no regrets. It was 20 years ago, like we said, and kind of like when we had Silver on and we were talking about the Attack of the Clones DVD, the last installment of Attack of the Clones year. Celebration 2 is a real snapshot in Star Wars fandom. Celebration has gotten bigger and evolved, uh, much like how fandom has gotten bigger and evolved. But in some ways celebration two was like the first celebration yeah because really celebration one in colorado was kind of them figuring out what a star wars convention even could be and there was the rain and the mud and the chaos and by the time celebration two came around they kind of figured out what a star wars convention is and it's kind of been the template that they've all used ever since then yeah go back to our episode 164 where we had Steve Sansweet on and we talked about the story of Celebration 1 and how Celebration has evolved over the years. And yeah, you can see how, yes, Celebration 2 was like the, the prototype for everything that came afterwards. And if you haven't figured it out already, it had a massive impact on us. So, and that's the thing too, that Celebration inspires people. It inspires fans to do more with their fandom it's so run by fans and that's the great thing that unlike other sci-fi conventions celebration kind of puts the fans front and center a lot there's so many incredible people doing so many cool panels in anaheim in a matter of weeks about so many things like weird areas of star wars that they're so passionate about and it's so cool to see it's schmaltzy kind of, but that's what it's all about. It's about the fans and it's about the people. And that's like we said in the beginning, it's like, personally, it's, it's what you and I have done. And it was like when celebration two and three, those are like the only times that we saw each other for a while. Yeah. Right. It's true. It was like going on vacation to see an old friend and escape to star Wars land. (laughs) And you know, and it's like, that's what we do every week now, which is kind of crazy. We do like a Star Wars celebration, like from like weird rooms in our house every single week. Like I could never do a celebration like without you. It would be like the saddest thing in the world. I don't think I could do it. I'd be <laughs> I'd be bummed out. Well, and it's like you said, it, it, it you know, maybe it's or whatever, but it is as much as it's about, you know, your love of these ridiculous movies, it is also about the friendships you have and make and, and you know, there's people that you might not see all the time, but you see them at Star Wars Celebration and it's even better than seeing them ordinarily because you get to share this insane fun time of, of this thing that you just love and can't get enough of for literally... Days and days and days. And it it sounds, I don't know, it's amazing. The side of Anakin Skywalker or the dark side of Darth Tyrannus? With clashing sounds and light-up blades, the Force is in your hands with Star Wars electronic lightsabers, each sold separately. This is Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. so you know the deal with apple podcast reviews when you get done listening to this episode we would love it if you would go over there give us a five-star review write something nice about the show it helps more people find blast points when they're looking up star wars podcasts so help us spread the word about this show and check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com, and make sure you are following us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're a member of our Super Chill group. If you want to support the show in a different way, we got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where who knows, in just a matter of days, we might have some new stuff on there or something, or next week. And yeah, definitely in the coming weeks, the folks on the Blast Points Army are going to get the first access to our Daily updates from Anaheim They will hear it first Everyone else will hear it later But you folks in the Blast Points Army Will get first access And a huge thank you to all the current members Of the Blast Points Army But yeah, that wraps up Number 309 here Attack of the Clones Year Celebration Month The Combo We got more Celebration coming next week We got some tricks and tips And Celebration insider how-to-do-it info with a couple good friends of ours who have been on the show a couple times before, and we can't wait to talk to them again. There will definitely be some talking next week. And the sky is the limit with what we can talk about, so I think you can figure out what we're talking about there. And don't forget, to Sunday, Star Wars Celebration, The Creatures of Return of the Jedi, Twin Suns Room, 2 p.m., us, Tom Spina, Kirk Thatcher, Amy Ratcliffe is gonna be there too. It's gonna be insane. So be there, wear your blast point shirt, go nuts. So Or don't even wear a shirt. Yeah. We wouldn't blame ya. Maybe when we come out on stage, or whenever we say something, maybe shake your shoe in the air. You might get thrown out, but it might be worth it. Yeah, it's the end of the day anyways on Sunday. What are you gonna miss? The closing ceremony? It's fine. <laughs> So on that note, everyone, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. almost forgot i think it was on sunday may know it was saturday when we were driving in we went through burger king and we got the shaquille o'neal meal deal which we call the shaquille O'Neal meal deal but it actually was called the shack pack (laughs) but we rolled up to the window you were driving and we rolled up to the window and you said yeah we would like three shaquille o'neal meal deals there was cheese. There was cheese for the dip, yeah, dipping sauce yeah. for your fries. There was sauces and burgers. Yeah, I forgot it was supposed to be called the Shack Pack, but that doesn't rhyme enough, so it had to be the Shaquille, the Shaquille O'Neal meal deal. I mean, we were driving up and we saw a big picture of Shaquille O'Neal, and we were like, "That's what we got to yeah. get: the Shaquille yeah. O'Neal meal deal." Only a only a big meal will will uh, fuel us for the weekend. That's how you got to do it in Salvation. Can you dig it? The new Shack Pack. Grilled salad dough bacon cheeseburger fries with free cheese dipping sauce and a Coca-Cola classic. You got to have a Shack Pack, baby. <laughs> May the force. Be with all of you.